This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3092 for Tuesday the 9th of June 2020. Today's show is entitled Pen, Pencils, Paper and Ink 2 Inches and is part of the series The Art of Writing. It is the 120th anniversary show of Dave Morris and is about 21 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is Looking at more writing equipment. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to Archive.org forward slash donate. Hello everybody, welcome to Hack Public Radio. My name is Dave Morris and I'm going to talk today about pens, pencils, paper and ink and it's the second show with that name. I want to, this is a fairly short series and I don't want the show to be too long either. And this time I'm going to look at three more fountain pens, two which are lower price and another one around £50 or so. We're going to look at a mechanical pencil and some paper. So my first pen is called the Caveco, which is spelt K-A-W-E-C-O, Caveco Sport. It comes from Germany, I'm pretty certain, and uh, its, its main feature is that it's quite a small pen when it's closed up. It's a fountain pen, obviously, and uh, it, um, but it gets bigger, becomes a more comfortable size when you take the cap off and post it. Remember that the term posting in the, the pen world means that you put the cap on the back end of the, the main barrel. Not all pens can do that. Not all of them are designed to do that. And some of them make them too heavy in the wrong direction. But this one is designed to work that way. I bought a black one of the Caveco Sport and it's got a fine nib on it. It takes a small international standard size cartridge and I've also got a piston converter available for it but I haven't started using it yet. I got it for Christmas and uh, I'm still working through my cartridges. The pen doesn't have a clip on it for clipping in your pocket. You can buy one of these as an extra pen itself costs under £20, or at least it did when I bought it. And uh, it's a neat little pen that you can keep in a pocket or small container or something. The converter is around £5 and the clip is around £2.50. It's a metal clip. I don't really feel the need for one, to be honest. There's a wide range of these pens in different colours. made of. Uh, most of them are made of, of acrylic, I think. But there are also versions made from steel, aluminium, brass, and so forth. I'd really like to own the brass one, personally, because I think it looks really nice, and I like brass. But 
I'm not about to spend £65 on such a thing just at the moment. The pictures show the closed-up pen, the pen sitting beside its cap, and then the pen with the, the cartridge exposed by taking the, the barrel off. The cartridge is actually quite small, um, which is a slight downside, but uh, personally I'm not that bothered. And if you use the converter, you can obviously refill whenever you need to, if you're prepared to carry ink around with you. The, uh, I've got a close-up of the nib, and I've also got a comparison of the pen with the Lamy Vista that I spoke about in the last episode. It's a nice pen to use. It's small, but my hands are not particularly large, but uh, I like a more chunky pen. The size seems normal to me when the cap is posted. I wouldn't use it without the cap on, though. In this particular case, the fine nib is a little dry. Dry in the sense that it uh, it doesn't... The ink doesn't flow quite as well as it could. This can happen when a fountain pen is running out of ink, which it isn't, obviously, because it's just got a new uh, cartridge in. Or there's um, it's been left to dry out for a while and the ink's not flowing properly, um, which again can't be the case. So it's also down to the nib is not allowing the ink to flow through it as, I sh- as it should. Now I bought a second-hand pen on eBay a few years ago where this was a serious problem. Ink just wouldn't flow through it at all. And I found out how to correct this from advice on YouTube, of course, and uh, it's it's corrected by making the two tines of the nib move apart fractionally. And I've got tools to deal with this. I was able to solve the problem on my other pen. So I'm going to see how the Caveco settles down in use. Maybe it'll get better. But um, if it doesn't, I will fix it. And if I do, I'll add that to my next episode. So my next pen is from Platinum, a Japanese manufacturer, and this one's called a, I think it's pronounced Prefonte, Prefount, P-R-E-F-O-U-N-T-E. Doesn't mean anything as far as I'm concerned, but uh, anyway. It's a standard size pen, it's fairly basic. I bought it because I noticed it and thought I'd give it a try, and it costs under £10, so it seemed like a, a good experiment. It's a refillable cartridge pen, though I haven't yet found a converter for it. I'm not sure whether they exist or not. I haven't really gone searching, though. I find it a really nice pen for the price. I bought a green model with the fine nib, which is 0.3 millimeters, which is pretty fine. And I've bought green ink cartridges to go with the color of the pen. I'm really enjoying using it. It's a, it's a pleasant pen for the price, definitely. A few pictures of it. And there's a handwriting sample, you can see the green ink. It's a bit similar to another platinum pen called the Preppy. And I mentioned this in the first episode of this series. Well, series of me talking about pens and stuff. Um, as As a good one to maybe try out if you're interested in getting into founding pens, because... It's um, it's not an expensive thing to do if you go for that type of pen. The two pens seem to use the same nib, not too surprisingly. They differ in shape with the barrel and the cap and the clip. The Prefonte Prefount has a metal clip, which is good. The, the plastic ones tend to break off if you use them, I've, I've found, anyway. Maybe I'm just 
ham-fisted, but I'm not sure they, they last well. One of the selling points of the Prefante is that the push-on cap seals very well, so much so that the pen doesn't dry out after being left unused for a year. They say this in all the advertising material. I think the Preppy is similar in this respect, since mine hasn't dried out and it's not been used for, for a good while. But um, it's not pushed as a, as a selling point in that, that particular pen. But it is a, it's a factor. I've got several pens that I really like, but they dry out if you leave them inked up and unused for a, for a month or so. And uh, that's so frustrating because you, you, you end up with a pen all full of uh, dry ink. If it's going to do that, your best bet is to ink it, use it, and then empty it and clean it. Um, when you, you imagine you're not going to be using it for a while. It's not always easy to know in my way I run my life. I don't always know. third pen is called an italics. A-I-T-A-L-I-X. And the, the name of that, that's the, the brand. Um, and it, the name of the pen is the Parsons Essential. The names of these pens are a little bit whimsical. Um, I just quite liked it. Years ago, when I was in my final years of high school, my sort of late teens and stuff, I wanted to learn to write in the italic style. I bought a fountain pen, a Parker it was, with an italic nib and wrote everything in a in an italic style. Well, when I had time to, anyway. I wasn't that good at it. It needs a lot of practice, and you need to write slowly until you really got to, got adept at it. I kept up the, the style for a few years, but I couldn't use it to take notes in lectures once I got to university, so I gradually used it less and less. My handwriting did become influenced by the italic style, and I haven't, I haven't tried to write in the formal italic style for ages. This... Um, it, Parsons Essential, and I saw it, it uh, I found that it had a range of um, italic nibs available with it. And non-italic, actually, I think, but I, I haven't looked at that one in much detail. I decided to buy one just to try and get back into italic writing again. The Parsons Essential is a very solid, old-fashioned style of pen with... I think it's made of brass. It's quite heavy. It's definitely metal. It's got a lacquer finish on it, which is black in this case. You can see in the in the picture, and it's got gold trim, gold coloured probably trim on it. Um, it uh, the there's a whole range of different pens that have these types of characteristics of the the heavy metal barrel with a with italic style nibs. I think the the company buys them in from elsewhere and then. Um, grinds the nib into the italic style. The one I have is fitted with a straight medium italic nib. I say straight because you can get left and right handed italics which I've not ever got into. I think left is the more more likely one. It's quite hard to write italics if you're left handed. And This one came with a piston type converter already installed. You can use European style cartridges, standard ones, uh, with it by taking the converter out. 
So it's not a piston filler per se. It's a, it's um, I think it's originally a cartridge pen that's got a converter added to it. The company that makes it is called Mister Pen Limited and is based in the UK. And uh, the Italics brand is just the brand they've created for this range of pens. Basically, they're a pen seller. Well, I think they sell a whole range of other other brands, but they they make make this one sell it which is great just a bit idiosyncratic to my my way of thinking the current price for this pen is under 50 pounds it's a bit more expensive it's not, not a thing to buy on a whim really though i guess i probably did do that so you can use it with the cab off it's quite a heavy reasonable sized pen you can post the cap, but I don't do that because it doesn't, it just changes the balance. You can see here's a close up. Well, a lot of noise is off today, sorry about that. There's an aeroplane, we haven't had them for a while. The, um, there's a close up picture, a fairly close up of the nib, so you can see it's a, it's a pretty looking thing, um, and you can see the, the flat, end to the nib very moderately wide let's say it's a medium size so it's not huge i've also shown the pen disassembled so you can see the the uh, converter in it as well my handwriting example i redid several times because i might have found my handwriting f suits a an italic pen much these days really need to get back into more practice with it because I do quite like writing that way but but you wouldn't write you, I suppose you might write a letter if you're into writing letters that would be quite fun you need to be slow and steady about it I'm not sure I would want to write a shopping list that way but then I don't do that anyway these days so moving on from the fountain pens to mechanical pencil I've always quite enjoyed using mechanical pencils ever since they started to become available. Um, don't remember when, really. I Probably when I was at university I was using them. They've, always, they've been available for a long time for draftsmen and, and things like that, but using an old-style clutch uh, pencil. I'll maybe talk about that in another, another show. I'm not sure um, if it's worth talking about the different styles. Anyway, this one is from a company called Unibore, and it's called the Kuru Toga, and it's from Japan. And my, pe my son saw this pencil when he was in Japan in uh, 2017 and, and told me about it. thought it looked really, really nice. And um, he and his girlfriend were going to be away for quite some time, so I checked with UK dealers and found that they stocked that particular make. And um, so I ordered one, and this is it. I find it really pleasant to use. It's a plastic pen. It's nothing, nothing spectacular. Pencil, I should say. It's nothing spectacular, but uh, I find it's really nice. And it does this thing where it rotates the the lead in it as you write. So every time you press down on it, it uh, there's a mechanism inside that rotates the lead. So you don't end up with a sort of flat side to to the lead, which you can do with other other style pencils. There's um, some pictures of it, and the the cap and the end comes off, and there's a um, an eraser. Never been keen on using them because they 
use them up and they're not always that easy to, to get replacements for. It's a 0.5 millimeter lead that it takes. There are an enormous number of pencils named Kurutoga. The guys went to Japan again last year, 2019, yeah, I think so. And my daughter came back with one at least uh, with, um, I think you buy them themed. I think this was a Studio Ghibli one she bought. Don't have it to hand. She's not around. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of lot of different versions and different styles and uh, different branding and stuff on them. Quite a popular pencil anyway. There's not much of a range that you can buy in the UK, but the various online sellers seem to have have a number of them. Uh, but I think mostly you'd need to get them from Japan if you're that interested. The final point in this episode is to mention paper. Fountain pen friendly paper is where I put it. So it's the quality of the paper you use is important. You really want something that you can write on with a fountain pen without the writing looking horrible. I'll explain what I mean in a minute. More fountain pen friendly paper types have become available in past decade or so. When I was a kid using a fountain pen, you'd use school exercise books and that type of thing, and they weren't always that good. They tended to to um, blot rather and have problems with them. The various stationers and pen shops often sell paper brands that work well with fountain pens, in my experience. So this time I'm talking about paper called from a company called Rhodia, R-H-O-D-I-A. It's a smooth and quite heavy paper. The weight is usually 80 grams per square meter or greater. So that's quite a chunky paper. You can feel that it's not uh, flimsy. Um, And it's got a a very smooth surface. Founded pen glides well over the paper. And the ink from the writing doesn't pass through the paper to the other side, which is one of the the uh, issues that you can get with lower quality paper. It doesn't show feathering where the writing strokes develop rough edges because the ink has soaked into the paper fibres. I made a little footnote here to say that when I was using the Parsons Essential in my writing sample, I don't know how clear it is in the picture because I've shrunk the picture sizes and I haven't included the uh, the full size picture but for this I used paper from a company that makes um, I'm not sure who the company is but they make these these writing pads called pucker pads um, P-U-K-K-A it's 80 GSM paper and it's got a grid marking on it which I like but it's not wonderful for fountain... Well, not wonderful for all fountain pens. The Either the ink or the nib on the Parsons Essential didn't get on well with the uh, the pucker pad. So you can see that just on the edge of some of the, the strokes, there's um, a feathering of the... as ink has sort of sunk into the fibres of the paper. You wouldn't get that with the Rhodia. If you're interested in knowing more about this, the so-called bleeding and ghosting. Bleeding where the ink passes through the paper and you can see it from the other side or even on the next sheet in your pad of book of paper. 
and ghosting is where you can see the writing from the back of paper and so on. There's there's an article I've referenced here, what's the difference between ink feathering, bleeding and ghosting, if you're interested in the whole business and the terminology used. Anyway, going back to Rodier, it's a French company, quite long standing, established in 1934, and they make a wide range of paper products and they also make writing implements such as mechanical pencils I discovered. Uh, but living as I do in a city with, that's Edinburgh, with six universities, there are a wide number of stationery shops around that cater to students and they stock Rodeo notebooks and pads and often their prices are quite reasonable. Better in fact than you would often get on Amazon or the various uh, stationery uh, shops. So I, when I'm passing by one of these student shops, I tend to grab some of these notepads if I can. It's the thing I collect. I quite like the grid and the dot papers. The example of a Rhodia pad is an A5 one, which has got lines and a margin. The margin is huge. I don't know why you would have paper with such a wide margin uh, but uh, I just use this one for general gash things um, I sometimes hang out with some friends who are into fountain pens and having one of these around to uh, to test out pens and stuff is really really quite nice so I like the grid paper I've used Rhodia grid paper for most of my writing samples in the in the photos of these notes so, that's it really. Um, I think I will stop at that point. I've got a few things that I want to talk about next time. I've nearly, nearly gone through all of my fountain pens, but there's a few more other types of pens and pencils and paper and inks and stuff that I'll talk about later. So, that's it for the moment. Okay then, bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.